Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So I had the question forced upon me last episode. <laughs> or not. I mean, it just... just your body, time. your question. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um... And so I rewrote it in a way that actually made more sense um, when I was writing the blurb. So if the athletics, Sarah Sivian had a fashion reporter assignment at an NHL all-star game red carpet, who should be her reporting partner? Everyone knows it's a drunk Alex Ovechkin. With that Russian accent, people can hardly understand him anyway. You get him, you get him a little buzzy, and put him out there goofing on other because he's, you know, he's he's that guy again, right? Mm-hmm. It's and it's got to be a drunk Alex Ovechkin. Hmm. See, I would say from that household, maybe it should be his wife. <laughs> Given the way she stole the show and that insurance commercial that everyone talked about for a week and hasn't brought up since. There'd be some bias there, though, I think, which may not be a bad thing. That's just a comment. But I, I, I'm going to disagree with everyone in saying that she stole the show. I think Nicholas Backstrom doing the, the elongated bowl slurp is what makes it. Because it's just that painful <laughs> underneath every. I think that's what steals the whole commercial. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, no, no, it's it's a completely different commercial without that that moment. Um, so as I thought about this, I, I got to give a, a stick tap to my buddy Joey, who listened to last week's episode and immediately came up with the answer. I think nails it and i think you got to get jackie redmond to host and tee up sarah Mm. Mm. you know she is a she is a good host he also mentioned a certain uh tnt commentator who used to whose coach is also on the uh panel or at least one coach. I don't remember how long um, the man with the questionable podcast has been out of the game. Eh, he could be entertaining. Uh, I don't think he's as facet, fashion forward as you would believe, but Jackie Redmond struck me as a really good name. Strong hosting chop. She's good in multiple sports, so I don't think she would... She would be in her element in a live event. Okay. I'm, yeah, I, yes. That would be a good choice, I agree. And then the the other name he, he threw out was um, Deb Berman from Sportsnet, because golly, we've heard a lot about her, and um, she makes a couple people on Sportsnet look good every week, so. And Deb's I've met Deb. I've met Miss. I have met the maestro, the the chief poodle herder, as I have called her for many years. 
Wow, that's really putting the hosts over as poodles. I mean, they are demanding like that, but... That's what they call themselves. Um, <laughs> and I can tell you, the woman has a pretty good, pretty good quick wit on her. She's, you know, she would be a good setup. Put her and Ovechkin next to each other, sharing a bottle. Should that be something they're into? Uh, that could be fun. So I went sideways with this myself. Uh, Paul Giamatti? No. I was about to say, speaking of bottles. Thomas Hayden, <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church? <laughs> no. Oh, Virginia Madsen. That, no, that, it's Sandra O, oh, of course. No, it's oh, I love Sandra O, oh, but no. Um, no, uh, men all room. If you've seen any interviews of hers, she has a very sly, dry, but quick sense of humor. And I think that she would be the perfect foil to Sarah Sivian's sense of humor. And she is a hockey person without being a hockey man. Fulfilling so, the hockey adjacency requirement? Apparently. Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, I think that I think that would be a whole lot of fun, actually. <laughs> she she could be on the um, on the on the new Amazon streaming series Game of Goals mm. as, as the mother of goalies, you know. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm really good. Yeah, I heard her on an interview a couple weeks ago. She is quick. Yeah, she's quick with a joke or to light up your smoke and. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's she's, uh, she's funny. She's got a sly sense of humor. Um, she could throw out the the quick like you know hockey double entendre if she needs to. She's French Canadian, so she's got a quirky little you know accent to make everything seem like a little funner. I mean, she's she's lived in the Midwest for a long time, so it's it's not like a true French Canadian accent anymore. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think that the that she would just be the perfect foil for Sarah Sivian. Sarah, do it. You're listening to this. I know you're gonna. <laughs> Saying Manon makes me think maybe we should put Martin Biron out there too. I was just about to make that same comment. The more goalies, the better. But we have to draw the line at Patrick Waugh. No, I don't want Patrick Waugh there. No, I want, exactly. I want, Mart I want Martin Biron there because. You can get lost in his eyes. He's got like those. <laughs> he does. He's got um, those ghost eyes, like those really, those really ice blue eyes that are piercing, kind of like Peter Forsberg. Mm -hmm. and you just stare at him, and you're like, "Yes, master." You know. <laughs> and the man can dress. Now, I don't know if he dresses himself, but I know they get their suit supplied. But he's talking to the right people. Yes, he clearly has he clearly has connections. Mm 
just make it a uh, Sarasidian plus all goalie cast. <laughs> no, just Martin and and Menon. Mm-hmm. Two French Canadian goalies and someone from Boston. <laughs> and you and you call it the S and M's. <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> oh come on. No. I know at least one of them would laugh at that. Uh, Probably two. Actually, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure two of them would laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Hell, actually. Pretty sure all of them would. <laughs> uh, I had nothing. You know, Connor McDavid's really good, and Leon Dreisaitl's really good. Yeah, I keep seeing a lot of Connor McDavid angst on my Twitter feed, and I'm just like, are people just so bored that they need stories right now, or? Yep. Now, so, you know, I am actually gonna, oh boy, there he goes again. (laughs) I'm gonna kind of defend John Tortorella a little bit, because he got radioed with that comment. (laughs) He didn't say he needed to drastically change his game and, you know, you know, pull the 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 troped Steve Eiserman conversion. He said he just needed to do a couple little things, and one of them was to stop whining. Now, I disagree with him on that one because I watched the Edmonton Boston game, and when even Jack Edwards is saying, "Yeah, this is ridiculous. He's not getting these calls about Connor McDavid," you know, you've reached some sort of critical mass. Because he got tripped and Jack Edwards goes, I think we've seen that call a trip before. And then he went, you know, as the play continued on, he said, basically, he goes, you know, I find it amazing that this guy doesn't get these calls. You know, this is, he actually kind of hinted that it was ridiculous. Which is insane for Jack Edwards. Well, that's why I'm saying, you know, the one, the one play-by-play guy that everyone says is the homerest of homers and Mm -hmm. to his credit, he is. You know, who has made some, (laughs) I think we all know throughout history, some incredible, um, and incredible has multiple meanings here and multiple layers, incredible analogies, you know, between plays and historical figures and or incidents, um, equating to certain hockey plays to some, you know, horrible historical events, um, yeah, that's why I brought him up, because if you get him saying, you know, <laughs> there should have been a penalty against Boston, this is ridiculous. That's when I'm going, yeah, you know, NHL, you might want to take a look at this. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, there was a bunch of, like, after that, um, or middle of, or middle of that game, probably, um, a bunch of people who were, who were tweeting out, like, statistics and how um, second-tier players are getting a lot of uh, penalties drawn, but top tier players are not. So, like they're doing, you know, penalty per penalties per game or something like that that they were drawing. Um, and the uh, yeah, top tier players are not getting not getting that. They're they're getting beat up on, and nobody's calling it. But the second tier players, second and third liners, are getting those calls. Now, see, lies, damn lies in statistics. No, I know. <laughs> no, no. 
And the reason I say that is because I thought I th I I don't think I know I saw that same output and like Austin Matthews led you know in the fewest you know five on five penalties drawn or something like that. Watch him play. Where does he go that he gets penalties drawn? Where does he oh. go to the? He is not he he is not the same player as Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid. I mean, the, the New York goal's prime example. What does Connor McDavid have a tendency to do? Pick his head up, look up, and go, yeah, there's only three of them. I can take it, you know, and mm -hmm. drives in the middle of them and gets hacked and whacked and slashed and tripped and nothing gets called. Matthews doesn't do anything near that. And I'm not denigrating Matthews. They're different players. But Matthews just does not. I, I can totally see why he leads the league and not getting penalties drawn on him. He's not he tends not to play or go to places where you would get hacked or whacked or tripped. Mm -hmm. That's just his style of game. He stays to the outside and he, he's only drawing one person. Yeah. And the few times things do get called, it's because it's a slow enough play where it's obvious to everyone. Whereas I think sometimes McDavid's speed can be a detriment to him. And the fact that he does these jaw-dropping feats. <laughs> Everyone turns into a fan, including the refs. Because oh, yes. you know, the refs are like, oh boy, here he goes. I, 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 I will this. say this. The coaches have the worst seats in the house and the refs have the best. They really do. But sometimes you can get caught gazing a little too much into, you know, some blue diamond eyes like Marty Biron's or <laughs> in this case, just jaw dropped at what McDavid might do. Yeah, so I mean, as the case with most statistics is that a number isn't going to tell you much because you need context. And in this case, context means where they're at on the ice, right? So not necessarily what kind of player they are because you can still be a player that goes to the outside, but you know, still not be afraid to drive to the net from the outside. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was just like looking at the numbers going, well, that's nice, but what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody like Brad Marchand or David Pasternak or, or Patrice Bergeron, I expect to be middle of the pack if, you know, when it comes to penalties drawn five on five, because that's their game. You know, Mitch Marner, no. Austin Matthews, no. William Nylander, yeah. Yeah. You know, John Tavares, yeah. Just so everyone doesn't think I'm dogging the leaves. No, it's certain players, they do their best when they're out in front of a person. In McDavid's case, he does his best work when the those people are in front of him. And he can, you know. <laughs> he does his best work when he's on the ice. It the heads, matter. the heads-up display in his head just tells him <laughs> what he can and can't do. And type work, McDavid. No, <laughs> uh, I, I, I just think he had that um, gorgle glass. Was it called? Um, early investor. Mm. I would th I thought you were going to say gargles. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason I say it is, um, boy, tangent. What do oranges have to do with it? One of my favorite authors is a guy by the name of Scott Myers. 
and he's written some he has a very good sci-fi wit about him um and he wrote a book recently called Grand Theft Astro and the the protagonist is um a, a thief and part of her equipment is something called gargles which are augmented reality goggles so when you say gargles i just automatically you know think to that because she's got them uh, spoilers she's got them connected to a pacemaker in her heart so mm-hmm. that she, that's how she can type and everything you know, she uses you know the pulses of her heart to menu select so she could be you know hands free totally um, so I, I just sort of think that Connor McDavid's an augmented human being in such a way. Because finally somebody else has said the same thing that I've been saying for the last, what, five and a half years? You will never see anybody faster after two strides than Connor McDavid. I've never seen anybody. And I think it was AJ Molesko was saying the same thing the other night. I think they were doing it in her game. I think they were doing it in another game. And, you know, they brought up the highlight of his goal, you know, that that New York Rangers goal and how fast he changed directions. And in two strides, he was at full speed. And that's what threw everyone off because the Rangers were, you know, pushing up to thinking they were clearing the zone and they were going to reset at Red Rover, Red Rover, you know, send McDavid right over and they all got caught going the other direction because he was bang, bang and in their face. So I think he's an augmented human being. And until someone tells me otherwise, I'm going to continue to believe it. Well, I mean, you know, NHL like physicals apparently aren't terribly profound, so they can miss all kinds of things, right? This is true. Hmm. And I think he's 3D printed. So all of the... um, (laughs) You know, so it's a it's a carbon filament type system. So nothing that's going to trigger any of the metal detectors in the airports. Uh, you know, he's not like a T-1000 or a T-100 type thing, you know. So. Silicone and, and well, carbon. That brings up yep. a question, given how much we're talking about fashion and players entering buildings. Have we ever seen Connor McDavid walk onto or off of a team jet? I've seen him come off a bus once, but I think a bus is different. I, yeah, I think they may have unplugged him. Before. <laughs> I'm just making sure they're not putting him in the back with the rest of the equipment. He is Borg. <laughs> they wrap him in saran wrap and store him up with the, with the rest of the equipment. He has a special chamber in the back of the large van where they throw all the bags. Because he is Borg. <laughs> Well, why don't they they just stuff him in a bag, don't they? So is he McCutus the Borg? Oh, oh God. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. McCutus. <laughs> uh, if we're going to go sci-fi, we might as well go sci-fi, yeah, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Resistance is futile. Mm-hmm. As many hockey teams have noticed. And the hockey men when Ovechkin inevitably breaks Gretzky's record. And you know what? Bless McDavid and Dreisaitl. This is going to give Ovechkin another push. 
Oh, the race for the Maurice. Mm-hmm. And he, what's even more staggering, and I kind of want to see this happen, since Ovechkin hasn't had Nick Backstrom to start the season for the first 14 games he's played, he's got a nice little 12-goal, 12-assist stat line. Through 13 games, Leon Dreisaitl, nice little 14-goal, 14-assist stat line. How far can they push this? Can we get a 50 and 50 year from, well, yes, we can get it from Dreisaitl. Can we get that from Ovechkin too? If if Ovi pulled a 50 and 50 this year, I think hockey should lose its mind. I am ready to. Because of all of the, you know, waiting for the decline, waiting for the decline stuff. And he pulls a 50 and 50 on what's supposed to be the back end of his career. Yeah. You know. Oh come on! We all we all know that the that the whole quote unquote decline like thing is just it's just a line so that GMs can justify not paying older players more. Because <laughs> I mean, in some cases, yeah, there is a big decline when somebody hits thirty. In other cases, it doesn't really change that much. You know, like Ovechkin, um, like Crosby, kind of hasn't really hit that injury certainly, but. You know, he hasn't seriously declined. Um, it's just they don't, you know, they, they're making younger players like peak, quote unquote. They talk about their peak at like 24. And I'm like, yeah, before the 2005, 2004-2005 lockout, their peak used to be actually 28. I, I mm-hmm. sort of doubt that like the middle or one season lost changed all of that. <laughs> Well, it did because it dropped the free, you know, the UFA year. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, but. And then slowly as the younger kids who actually had some real speed and can do stuff with it, they weren't, there weren't a ton of berets, just pure end-to-end speed. No, these kids could do stuff. And then McDavid just makes us forget about all of them. Sorry, Matt Barzell. Uh <laughs> I will never forget about my precious little Matt Barzell. I know. I know. Precious. Uh, he is. Precious. No, but one thing I, I do think might be helping a uh, Ovechkin, at least in the interim, is uh, his team hasn't gone deep in the playoffs very much lately. So he's given that extra time to rest. So. Yeah. And well, I mean, come on. He's powered by Coca-Cola, right? Sure. You know, all these guys go out and do all this high-end training and blah, 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 yada, 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 yada. And what is he swigging on the bench? Yep. I mean, as a mediocre adult league player whose games happen um, hours after sundown, uh, yeah. I do the same thing. I, I, I have a um, beverage of choice because they do not sponsor the podcast just to wake me up for the game. And I got to tell you, it works. Mm-hmm. And your body burns that sugar off real fast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So are we going to replace mustard packets? With small, like, Coke gel. 
<laughs> carbonated pickle juice with caffeine. Ew. No, I've heard enough Ew. about pickle juice this week to last me uh, uh, many years. Uh, no? No. Switchel, we'll go with Switchel. How about that? Oh, no, wait. That's a New England thing. You guys don't know what that is. Never mind. I do not. Mm. Do you want a brief history lesson or shall we skip it? Eh, I'm fine with a brief history lesson. All right, brief history lesson is before, in the days before Gatorade, people used to do a mixture of um, cider vinegar and maple syrup and um, herbs and water and spices and stuff. And that's what they used to drink out in the fields when they were like harvesting or haying or whatever. And so, um, and it's either called uh, Switchel or I don't remember what the other one is. Bushel? No, I don't remember. But anyway, so that's that was a thing. Is that it was mostly a vinegar-based drink, which had the electrolytes in it. And um, so you can still find that around here in New England. Hooray! So personally, I'm not a fan of sour. I don't like the flavor of sour, so that doesn't work for me. But you know, a lot of people do. So, so you know, sometimes it clears that you know that gunk builds up in your mouth. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, apple cider vinegar and maple syrup and to sweeten it and then whatever other flavors you want to add to it to make it all tasty. Is that how they stumbled upon the recipe for a Sour Patch Kid? Because I will say, I did have one before a game Halloween evening, and yeah, that worked too. Yeah. <laughs> it gets it gets the salivary glands going. Yeah. was not a fan of that growing up, so. Well, fine then. You can have mine if I ever have any, okay? All right, what, what would you like in return? Yeah, seriously. I want, want gummy worms. I want some gummy worms. <laughs> I really didn't have anything this week other than, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I think, uh, th thankfully, it was. it's been a quiet week, and I felt inclined to actually watch a game or two. Without, you know, just being mad the entire time. It was only part of the time I felt mad and anger, so. Yeah, I tended to avoid games which I knew were going to infuriate me. Mm -hmm. Or games that were furious adjacent, which is pretty mm -hmm. much why I only watched Euler games. Um, Which, Especially when they were playing Boston, because that game was fun. <laughs> that that game was fun. I take no responsibility for that, even though it was local. No, that's fine. All right. And um, I I will say I am kind of enjoying seeing the growing malaise that Seattle fans are <laughs> developing over their head coach. <laughs> Oh, this is going to make getting tickets so much easier one day. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. They're not 
good. No. And that all comes down to the head coach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, good thing they've got a GM who's quick to re... Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Quick to react and react and make improvements to his nope. So last night, prior to the Seattle Minnesota game, I was thinking about said GM and how man could wouldn't this team be great if they had uh, one uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Somebody else was tweeting about that last night. Yeah, actually. and I don't remember who, so you know what? It was my original thought. Okay. That's how it works, right? <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Then, that's until, that's Frank Cerebe- until Frank Until Frank comes into my mentions and yells at me about something that he thinks he did first. Um, We've got receipts. Yeah. No, but. I'm of two minds here of how they should have drafted for offense. I I think what they did in goaltending is fine. Um, I think it's the forwards defensively that are causing some of the issues. It's it's the overall team defense that sucks. Like their offense is okay. They can, I mean, they have good they actually have decent goaltending. Their defense makes so deep their goaltending look worse than it is. Yeah, they they but, have needed to do a one A one B. Unfortunately, one B got hurt way too quickly. That kind of I think Grubauer is playing a bit too much right now. He is. I agree. And he hasn't picked up on what this team is doing, whether there's enough there to pick up or not from a goalie's perspective. I, I still haven't figured that out yet. I'm still going to defend Ron Francis for not taking the short-term deals and getting some younger guys on, on longer term, longer team control. So they don't have to do all crazy wackadoo uh, Vegas stuff. That's going to burn them in two years. See, Vegas. I, Sorry, Vegas is doing crazy wackadoo Vegas stuff because Vegas wants to win a cup now. So yeah, and sorry, sorry Cassie. That's all right. Um, my issue is Hackstall isn't letting his um, defense coach coach. Do assistant coaches really coach? In Anything theory, special teams. I mean, in theory, but I mean the guy. I can't even think of his name right now, but the guy who is who uh, is the defense coach used to be a defender himself. So you would think he'd have ideas and input about how they could play better defensively, or at least the defense could play better defensively. But I don't, my sense is that Hackstall is roping him into other things and he doesn't have the opportunity, chance, interest, I don't know, in doing that. Well, staff division is always up to the coach, right? Who gets to do what? And, you know, because I think Hackstall was in charge of the special teams in Toronto. Head coaches usually like to do that. he, (laughs) He was in charge of the defense and the. And the penalty kill, at least. Yeah. I believe the other coach 
took care of uh, the other rotating cast of coaches in Toronto, including Paul McFarlane, the other assistant, oh, for uh, Seattle, uh, handled the power play. And so I think they've brought that same division here. So the head coach is probably the one doing the defense. Which would explain a whole lot, wouldn't it? <laughs> so I guess the question has to be, what does Paul Leach do? Um, or Jay Leach, not Paul Jay Leach. Leach. He probably does the penalty kill stuff. Or power play and forwards. Well, no, I, I'm pretty sure Paul, Paul McFarland handles the power play because that was kind of always his forte. Or at least he when he was in, think. well, <laughs> at least when he was in Florida, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with what they're doing on the power play. It's at least without Jared McCann. Um, I mean, it's a one-man show out there, offensively. It, it was just one, Mister Jordan. Yeah, and and to your point and your original idea, Tarasenko's not going to do anything to help that because he Mm-mm. needs a center too. Yeah, you know. I mean, the center depth is probably what's killing them. Yanni yep. Gord, he he and Wenberg, two. great number twos, but their second set of wings is kind of. Eh. See, I think their first problem is the fact that they're overworking group hour. Oh, 100%. Because, and then, and then their second, the, you know, tied into that as a secondary thing is they're overworking group hour because they don't trust their defense. And so they think that Grubauer can steal games for them because the defense isn't a coherent unit. And so instead of doing the obvious, which is, well, let's just fix the defense. (laughs) <laughs> they have good defenders. They're, they're adequate. You know, they can really take a lot of heat off of, of Grubauer and um, they don't. And so that, that, that is their first like red flag to me is you don't have to overplay Grubauer because you don't trust your defense. You should just work with your defense and therefore you don't have to run your goalie into the ground. The so team is off. Go ahead. But that's too obvious. So what you're saying is this team needs Barry Trotz as its head coach. Or, you know, I could I could be their defense consultant. I could fix that for them. Or Reasonable Claude. rates. Uh, by the way, can somebody explain to me where Claude Julian is? He only wants to stay on the East Coast, and by that, a coastal city? I don't know. Because I, you know, this coach is on the hot seat. This coach is on the hot seat. This coach is on the hot seat. You know, we're thinking, you know, there's Mike Babcock puff pieces coming out for Christ's sake. And nobody's talking about Claude Julian. It hurts. It hurts when they talk about him. And bless you, Chris Johnson, for putting it out there that he doesn't think that individual will ever coach or be in the NHL ever again. And I am here for that. I I hope so. Game needs fewer abusers. Julian, I don't know when we're going to see him again. He's probably on some beach somewhere looking around going, no, this is good for me right now. 
I'm not he taking is... that mess. Yeah. <laughs> need a break, need a vacation. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of messes, have have fun with that uh, Vancouver Anaheim game this evening. Good boy. Oh, God. Vancouver. I'm not going to have fun with it. I'm not watching that damn thing. <laughs> you can't make me. Somebody I, has I, to. I know what personal choice is. <laughs> no, <laughs> not turning on a game is a personal choice. Dude, there, there's some mental health self-care involved here. <laughs> Knowing where to draw your boundaries, and my boundaries at Vancouver. But but Troy Terry is doing so well. Yes, he is. Congratulations to him. And you know what? Good on Ryan Getzlaff for just feeding the kids pucks and putting up a ton of points. Of course, Troy Terry is the only kid putting up points, and that's Anaheim's fatal flaw. Because, I mean, everyone below him in the scoring race for the team lead will be traded in two months anyway. Two months. Eh, I'm kind of ignoring February because I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Given oh, the state yeah. that is the Ottawa Senators. The Olympics. Well, that's why I bring up the Senators because they're going to be a, a litmus test for... Can the NHL get out of the Olympics? Oh, yeah. Well, the Sharks were kind of the first ones in the coal mine, so to speak. And I, 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 I'm just going to say it. They, they were able to tread water well enough and, and get out of it. Ottawa, on the other hand, the combinations of injuries and and players being held out. Mm. It, it's getting tough. Yeah, but you know how the NHL runs. I know that I know that the board of governors, the owners don't want anyone to go to the Olympics. And that's grudgingly I'll give it to them that that's fair. <laughs> but um also, like absurd amounts of over-the-top optimism is what keeps the league running. Oh, it'll turn out fine, you know, kind of thinking. Oh, it'll never happen to us. And so, um, you know, right now they're looking around going, well, I mean, the players who want to go to the Olympics, I'm, I'm suggesting, are looking around going, well, yeah, it's bad now for like Ottawa and a few other teams, but it'll all clear up by February. It'll be fine. Yeah, it's yeah, I know. It's like let's let's all revisit the mumps for a moment, shall we? Yeah. Oh wait, which which round of mumps? Because there were a couple. Uh, I still love Crosby saying he didn't have the mumps when he had a growth on the side of his face. Like <laughs> no. <it was> sentient. <laughs> um it's like, dude, who are who are you trying to like fool besides yourself? <laughs> Goodness gracious, no kidding. Huh. All right. So I have a I have a I have a episode ending question if you wanna take it. Good. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> I was literally about to ask, hey, if you guys eat Lunchables, do you go cracker, cheese, <laughs> then meat? Or do you, you go crackers, meat, then cheese? I'm it's sorry, crackers, my meat, and cheese. I'm sorry, my children aren't here. I, I can't ask them because I can honestly say I've never had one of those in my life. Well, you've well, you never can pretend even had... it's a charcuterie board. That's what I was going to say. You've never had charcuterie? <laughs> That's I mean, it's Lunchables for adults. They just put a fancy French name on it. No, this is acceptable. I mix it up. I don't have one set order. It's just see, I, I put the cheese on top because I don't want to like have my fingers all in that meat. You kind of already had them there to put it on the cap. <laughs> you know, it's a. Li- <laughs> I'm sorry, Cassie. The boat sailed. <laughs> Let um, me have my illusions, all right? I need this. Okay, get us out of here before I derail us even further. <laughs> all right. Um, so, in your opinion, at this moment, which is the third weekend, second weekend of um, November, what are the odds that NHL teams are going to break in February and go and let people go to the Olympics? This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.